0: hello and welcome to clamp the creating living and making podcast i'm your host morley kurt and joining me as always is grant alexander hello and adam mackie hi what's up guys uh what is in your clamps this week adam uh
1: not much actually i haven't really got into the shop at all i um I've got a couple of pieces cut for my workbench, but that's it. I mean, I've just been researching different workbenches and I haven't found one person yet that has made one similar to mine. There's a lot that make like a carcass out of like two by fours and then skin it with um, sheets of plywood and stuff. But mine's just made completely of plywood. And um, we, in the design that I'm doing, I, I know that people have made just plywood workbenches, but so Yeah. It's about it, and then I've mainly been looking at um, workbench videos to see how people make the video, not how people make the workbench, because I really don't know how to make a twenty-minute long video. Mm-hmm. Or 10 minute long video, so yeah.
0: Cool. Hmm. Very nice. Uh, what about you, Grant? What have you been up to?
2: Well, I, uh, tomorrow is my son's birthday tomorrow being Thursday. Cause we record on Wednesday. Usually, uh, is my son's birthday. But today I gave him the, uh, because we make unwrap a challenge or unwrap a project challenge, uh, BMW, because, uh, last time I did a BMW for their challenge and I, I got a prize. So I thought I got to go with another BMW. So I, uh, it's, a uh, you know, little version of my uh, wife's car. And I'm hoping to get the video out next week.
0: Nice. It, it looks that so looks nice. Like, it's what I'm saying. It looks really cool. Thanks. It's, I've, it's always cool with a project when like you see it at different stages and yeah. at each stage, it looks just like levels beyond the last. And I feel like that was the the toy car. Like that's how, you know, it's like an awesome project. You're like each level of finish. You're like, Oh, it's cool. Oh, it's really cool.
2: Yeah, totally. And it's, it's, so a lot of times I don't like to do sneak, uh, like basically my stories. I did a lot of sneak, sneak peeks or previews or whatever you want to call them. And I don't like doing that because then I feel like pressure to get the video out, but I was really excited about this project. So I did it. Yeah. And it's, I've gotten really good reaction from it.
1: You know what you could do is save your sneak peeks until you have the video ready and then start releasing. People don't know when you're actually working on the project. This is what I'm working on this week, and then do them up until the release.
2: Yeah, then people might think I'm efficient, and I don't want them to think that. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Morley? What have you been working on?
0: Well, um, with all the unpacking, we have a lot of cardboard boxes, and I was feeling like a little guilty putting them all out for recycling because, like, you know, like cardboard's really useful for building forts, prototyping, hot gluing together, all sorts of things. So I was like, ah, I really want to like do something with all this really good cardboard that we have. Um, And I thought of an awesome project to use it all. I am not ready to talk about it yet, but I have been hard at work on the floor of my little workshop, cutting up lots of cardboard. And I think it's going to be really, really cool. It got to a point today where I could actually test it out. And yeah, I won't say much more about it, but lot knee deep in cardboard you know how like cardboard has a specific smell that you don't really realize until you're dealing with a lot of cardboard and that's where i am right now like i really know the smell of cardboard um other than that 100% um, a cardboard
1: castle. what did you say i said it's 100% a cardboard castle
0: yeah yeah for penny um we we've also been oh. just like exploring our new neighborhood, which has been really fun. Um, we actually got coffee a couple of days ago with Jeremy Worshofsky, who was on Into the Spotlight like five or so episodes ago. Um, so I actually had never hung out with him in person before. He's a lovely dude. Um, it was lots of fun and it's been really, really nice. Like it, it's been pretty bitterly cold in Toronto the past couple of weeks, but it's gotten pretty sunny uh, over the past few days. So it feels like it tempers the cold a bit. So we've been making an effort to like go to our like local Korean grocery store and get a bunch of ingredients for stir fry. So that's been, that's been nice.
1: turns out, turns out my wife watches your stories more than I do. Cause she was going on about you talking about Drake.
0: Yeah. She sent me a DM. <laughs> yes. oh, she- yeah, yeah. She's like, oh, cause I, I did the story of the CN tower and yeah, she- He is, he's pretty, he's pretty popular here. I have, um, I'm almost finished a project I've been working on for a while now, but it's like finally useful. And that is drawers for our bed. Um, I was originally going to build a whole new bed for this apartment, but we realized that we had a perfectly good bed that just needed some retrofitting. So, um, that is in its final stages. And I will probably have that video out around the time this podcast episode comes out, if not uh, before it. Um, but video wise, I did put out the, the dream whiteboard video, which felt very satisfying to get out. Um, again, something I've been working on for a while and changed forms a lot. Um, yeah, it's nice to have like another sort of like invention style video on my channel since that's kind of like the direction I want to move towards. Um, yeah, that's always good.
1: So I have two questions about your video. One, how come you didn't show like how the mechanism works for the the texture, like taking it off? I
0: did, and you, so you show you the, showed the magnet worked. switch. Yeah, but you didn't show how to make the magnet switch. I I definitely did. So it's a it's a tilt switch, which is essentially a tube with a ball bearing inside. I mean, it's an enclosed, oh pre made piece and then i but you can use it as a magnet switch because it's metal um so yeah. i didn't i didn't exactly make it as much as i did just soldered it onto the wire and used it for a different purpose
1: yeah right um and i'm curious every time i see you cut plywood you never use a straight edge with your circular saw
0: so i i have i do sometimes um but i found that like it's not worth the extra time. Well, it is worth the extra time, but I'm lazy and I'm really good at just like getting a straight cut most of the time, uh, freehand. So rather than take the extra two minutes to like measure out the fence and and set up the straight edge, I usually am like, eh, I can, I can eyeball it. It's fine for a really long cut or something. I probably would, but for shortcuts for something like that, like, eh, I can, I can get a straight cut.
2: Do you have a uh, speed square?
0: I do, and I cut against the speed square a good bit for like uh, cross cuts.
2: Okay. Yeah, they're like they make it so easy. You just you don't have to clamp it or anything. You just put it up against. Yeah, it.
0: definitely. And and, and, and anytime your... it's like for a cut that's like less than eight inches, that's what I that's what I do. But for longer cuts, like twelve to sixteen inch inch range, like I've cut enough plywood at this point that like I'd rather just. Free ball it.
2: I guess I've cut enough plywood incorrectly that I'd rather not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like plywood's not cheap. It is cheap, but it's not cheap. You know what I mean.
0: Hmm. Um. Adam, was that was that a question from uh, an audience member? Or was that just a was that an Adam question? It, w- it was an
1: Adam question as an audience member.
0: Oh, okay. All right. Well, I guess I will, continuing on from last week, I will, I will uh, spur it off with the first audience question that is not one of the hosts. And this one comes from, uh, other dog design, Jake and Jade. And they want to know what is the single best piece of advice you've ever been given? If you guys don't have one ready, I do. So I can go first. All right, I will go first. And dramatic sound effect for the audio listeners. I actually have mine written down because about a year ago, I got a letter from my dad. Um, and enclosed with the letter was this was this sheet of advice, um, which I'm just going to read to you because it is it's not one piece, but it's a series of pieces. And I feel like it sums up my dad very well. So the title of this letter is... Let me hold it over here so I'm speaking into the microphone. Dad's tips to leading a reasonably happy and successful life. Number one, change your oil every 3,000 miles. Number two, pay your taxes on time. Don't cheat on or lie to your significant other. Be grateful for anything remotely good that happens to you, including waking up each morning. Exercise. Eat lots of raw vegetables and not too much crappy food. He used a different word, but I substituted it to keep our clean tack for this episode. Uh, don't drink too much. Don't use narcotics unless a limb is dangling from your body or you have some horrific fatal disease, then it's okay. Don't spend money you don't have. Don't let your AAA membership expire. This one's on me. 2020 paid up. With all my love, Chuck and the context of that is he sent that letter with my AAA card for the year. Um for those who don't know, International listeners AAA is essentially like roadside assistance. Um it's actually a fantastic deal and I've had to we use it. That. I've had to use it a few times in my life in to save my butt. So yeah, that is yeah, short advice, but we have our Yeah.
2: That's some good advice. Uh, in Canada, we have CAA,
0: so AAA is actually it recognizes cross borders. So if you have CAA yes. or AAA and you're in either country, it it, it right. goes across borders.
2: They have left us stranded on multiple occasions growing up. Uh, so it's great in a city, like it's great. We were in uh, like you know middle of nowhere, Nova Scotia, and got a flat tire, and they. Nobody came. We called them. And uh yeah. this was like a family vacation and yeah, it was not fun. Uh and then another a second time somewhere else at West, another family vacation and CAA just never showed up. So
0: you know. I guess my disclaimer we, is we, I've only ever used them in a city. And in that context it's been great.
2: <laughs> totally. It and and that's it, like everything, it's Anyways, it, it's like everything. You get what you pay for and they're cheap for a reason. Yeah. But other stuff, I like the other car-related advice. It's great.
0: Yeah. Do you guys have any best advice you've ever been given that comes to mind?
2: Well, for me, I think the – I'll try and keep it in the maker realm. And uh so I went to see – I went to the maker's rendezvous in 2019 and uh, Jimmy Dresta gave a talk, and uh, the, the like. The big crux of his advice was say yes to to things. Right? It was like basically like look for opportunity; it comes everywhere. And it, it reminds me of a parable of uh, this like, I and mean, it's like a bad one, and it's like all about like it's a god one, but I'll go into it anyways. It's basically like this guy is is floating in the ocean on a lifeboat. And he keeps praying to God that to, to save him. And then like a, a ship comes by and he's like, no, 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 don't worry. God's going to save me. Right. And then like an airplane flies over and he's like, no, no, don't worry, airplane. God's going to save me. Right. It's like the guy doesn't see that those were the opportunities to be to be taken. So when when a ship comes by. Take that opportunity. Right. See what opportunities are are there And say yes to them, because you will often be able to, like, if you have the, if you have any doubt in your mind whether or not you can do that thing, you can probably do it, right? Like, if somebody said to me, hey, Grant, can you quit your job and uh, go build a house with me? I'd probably say no, right? I'm not saying, like, say yes to everything. This isn't that Jim Carrey movie. Uh But it's like look at opportunities and say yes to them more often than you say no.
0: Yeah. I think it's it's also – it it basically just comes down to mindset. I mean if you you are leaving yourself open to things with the crux of like I'm not going to say yes to things that are a waste of my time or are like not good for anyone really um, or I won't be able to perform well on – but it's just right. to not have the knee-jerk reaction of like, oh, I can't do that, or I shouldn't do that, or I don't have the time. I think is really huge.
2: Right, you have no clue where most things will go, and if it's an hour of your life, go for it. Right, like especially like Jimmy Ressa came on this podcast because he says yes to everything.
0: Yeah, right? f- for sure.
2: He doesn't know where this this might lead to something later in his life. He doesn't know. Yeah, hopefully, but probably not. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right, Adam, you had, you had two responses to think of the, the best piece of advice you've been given. Have you thought of one?
1: I have. Uh, so I'm, I don't know. I'm probably going to cop out a bit, but best piece of advice I was given was don't give up no matter what people say. So like if, if people keep putting you down and saying that your work's not good or anything, don't give up. Just keep going and prove them wrong. Love it. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah,
0: good. All right. Who's going next? Uh, oh, it's me, isn't it? No, no, no it's, it's me. It's Do we even order? It's I thought we were just. <laughs> no, <you're> just- <laughs> well,
2: <laughs> well, we went Adam and then you, so I'm the next one. Okay, okay, uh, go for it. So I'm going to be asking a question from. Uh, Rob T from Trove Vettors or Rob T, uh, Tagami Woodwork. I can't remember what it is. Hey, anyway, I'm, I'm, horrible. He's Trove Vettors on Instagram. Uh, he asks, are you going to buy a van for your next vehicle? Um, so he asked hey. that because, uh, he, he, was pressured by a lot of people to give up his BMW station wagon and buy a van. And obviously, I won that station wagon in his uh, giveaway contest, but unfortunately, it required me to go to New Zealand to pick it up, and they were on lockdown. <laughs> wow! <laughs> yeah, that was it was I it was a joke on on his channel, but um, okay. Yeah, obviously, I'm not going to go to New Zealand and pick up.
0: I, you know, anyways, a great I Excuse totally to go to New have, Zealand very expensive right. reason to go to New Zealand.
2: <laughs> well, I was just like. If they weren't on lockdown at the time, I totally would have. But uh, yeah. yeah. Anyways, uh he bought a Nissan Xterra. Um a what?
0: It was like an, an x CB, right?
2: It's an Xterra.
1: I'm, I'm, I'm joking. A Nissan.
2: Yeah. That's that's how <laughs> yes, we say it up in her. Uh <laughs> I would like to get a Toyota 4Runner as my next vehicle if I was going in the SUV direction or I'd like to get a full size station wagon um, that could fit a four by eight sheet of plywood in it, like one from the seventies.
0: Nice. I would definitely want a larger car um, because that's a no brainer. (laughs) Basically like a lot
2: of, there's not many smaller ones.
0: (laughs) Yes. That's so that's the first uh, criteria and like, Vans are undeniably useful. Um, It would. It's probably like the most useful car I could get. Actually, mini, if not minivans, because then you can also carry around people. It's just a matter of how it looks. And every time, like Eden and I walk around, I'm like, "See, like I could fit so much in that van." She's like, "Morley, like then you, but then you'd be a van guy." And she's right. Then I would be a van guy. And
2: But, but it'd be better than a Hyundai accent guy.
0: It would be. You're right. It would be a step up from that. Um,
2: I, I I know it's like, Grant it's not doesn't like one like, from like a Mercedes.
0: I know Grant doesn't like this these cars, but I really do like the new Toyota Tacomas. And every time I see one, I'm like, I could definitely see that being like my level up car. Um, so that's probably what I would fall back on, like a a Toyota Tacoma, but. I don't know. I'm satisfied I, right I now. I'm not brand, really. I think. I, you just don't like the wheel wells.
2: Yeah. I think Toyota, too. I just don't like the wheel wells. That's it.
0: I thought you're now But the funny thing is, is like, so Grant's qualm with Toyota Tacomas and many other cars is that their wheel wells are not circular or ovular, or whatever you want to say. But since you've said that, like so many cars, their wheel wells are not circular. Like very few cars have circular wheel wells.
2: Almost all of them. None of them have like... I
0: was going to say, more have circle than square. If you really look, there's all sorts of weird oblong shapes in uh, wheel wells. Especially amongst SUVs and trucks.
2: No, because you're just looking at Chevys. All the Chevys have this ugly thing going on. (laughs) It's
0: so horrible. Chevy and James. Yeah, Yeah, well that's Chevy.
2: That's the same, yeah.
0: I feel, you know, I think about cars in a similar way of like what kind of dog would i would get like i can dream about like the prettiest dog like these beautiful breeds or whatever else but like when it really comes down to it it's probably going to be a more matter of like the one that makes sense in the moment or like the mutt that i like at the pound um i I don't know how much i'm going to be like the guy who's buying a a car for that model car rather than just like it's practical in the moment what about you adam van no uh honestly i think no i
1: honestly think i'll just upgrade to a newer ranger or right. similar i i'm definitely going to stay with a ute four by four of some type cool that
2: so, yeah. makes sense to me hmm. all right morley oh, no adam oh. you're up oh okay.
1: My question is a bit of a funny one from Billy from Human Eye Woodworking, and he asks, how many beers do you drink during the filming of a show, Grant?
2: Well, it's not just for me. (laughs) Anyone can answer the question. Uh, The answer to the question is confidential. (laughs) But uh, I probably drink three or four tall cans or four or five small, like regular size cans.
1: I, th- I think the question should not be how many you drink during the filming and how many you drink before the filming.
0: So I will actually usually, if I drink when we're recording, it will usually be before and then slightly bleeding over to during, because we rec- for the listeners, we usually record at 9pm Eastern time. And then like, I already had dinner like two hours ago. Uh, I'm doing my like wind down thing for the days. So yeah, it's, if I'm having a drink, it's usually like half an hour before the show and then yeah if i'm drinking during the show i would say usually one sometimes two
1: but um so grant a follow-on from that is there any way that someone can find out how many drinks you drink during the show
2: well i think they might be able to find out if they start watching the youtube channel because we're going to be experimenting with putting up an actual video part (gasps) but uh yeah we're gonna you're gonna be able to see our ugly faces i mean beautiful faces (laughs)
0: We'll see. I'm curious if this actually works because what the listeners did not hear is the 15 minutes of technical difficulties and how much work is this going to be before we started recording? So, And Grant literally just like also flashed his, his camera. So case in point, we'll see how this goes.
1: You may also notice we keep talking over Morley and that's because he's lagging for some reason. I don't have that problem. I, I look yeah. fine to me. <laughs> it sounds like a your camera thing. literally starts talking like 10
2: seconds before you do uh,
0: I'm sorry I don't know what to
2: do I'll all turn right, off the Wi-Fi my no, phone don't worry about it
0: alright who is is it me next did I already ask what's going on I think it's me I don't even know the order anymore every time we
1: change it look you yeah me you Grant alright AMJ
0: Leroy Big Rock Timberworks wants to know How much does your skill development play a part in the projects you make and film? I will kick it off because you guys are both muted right now. Um, I would say in many many of – I won't say most, but in many of my videos, skill development is a pretty large part of it. And I think a big part of that is because I – I try to make the videos that I enjoy watching that have an element of discovery and story. And I just enjoy learning new stuff and novelty. So a lot of times it will be like, the skill development will be a relatively large part of it. Um, And I think it does make for, if you are doing voiceover or speaking, it does make for more interesting voiceover in that sense because you can talk about lessons learned um. Obviously, there's always going to be things that you learn, even if you do know the main skill, because like every project has its particularities. Um, but I, I, a lot of them, like I see a lot of project videos as like a challenge. In that, like this is something I want to do and something I want to learn, um, versus like this is something I'm proficient in and want to uh, show my proficiency to people. And that'll probably change over time, right? As I like get more experience. And, uh, yeah, more experience and just get better at things. But so maybe that's more of a comment of like where I am right now in my maker journey more than anything else.
2: I'm with you 100%. I feel the exact same way. I don't feel like I have any expertise to share per se. I have some tips and tricks that I've learned along the way. I have some interesting ways of approaching problems, but I feel like, how I'm I'm developing my skills along the way is the interesting part of what I'm doing. Because I even look at the projects I was doing two years ago because it's coming up on... It's actually two years this February, I guess, is now two years I've been making uh, content. It's interesting to see what has changed and how I've gotten better at everything. But I think for me, it's a lot like I like to do something and then never do it again. Right. Like I, I I guess I, I, it's not even that I like, I like to actually do something until I think I've figured it out and then never do it again. So it's like, I'll make, I made like five, uh, edge grain cutting boards in a row. I went like, this is fun. This is exciting. And then like everyone became less and less exciting. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm there's like, I could have gone into end grain. I could have started putting juice grooves. Like there's a lot of different ways I could have gone with that to make it more exciting. But I, I just went, I'm going to try doing something completely different to like try and get that like that high back because that's what I'm chasing. I'm chasing a high.
0: And I think that's totally normal for creative people. And that was one of my, the things I was thinking about with the podcast interview we did with Jacko is that like, I think every person who is creative, like everything comes in waves, like your productivity, your times of being like very creative, your times of feeling down and that like you have no ideas at all. And sometimes you need to like step away from a craft for six months to want to do it again. Um, and I think everyone who is doing like original work or artistic work feels that way. Um, they need to bop around and try different stuff, and like I, I feel that way with leatherworking. Like I have very little interest in, like making small leather goods right now. So I'm not. I'm doing other stuff right now, and but I know that like <laughs> because I've been like doing creative things for long enough now, I'm like getting a better sense of myself that like I know those passions will resurge at another time, and I'll be like super pumped out about it. But there's no, I don't need to force it because I'm not beholden to anyone to make a leather wallet or a notebook cover. So I can just ideally make the things right. that interest me the most at that time.
2: And I, I've actually – I will be making another cutting board because a friend of mine asked me to make one. So I'll, I'll be making one and I'll I'll do it one day. He asked me two years ago. I'll do it one day.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I think um, – I don't know. A lot of the time when I'm making or filming, I am learning – new skills or trying to learn new skills, not necessarily in a sense of I'm trying to learn leather working or something, but more of different ways to do things. Um, But I don't know, not, I don't know if it really plays that much of a part in the project. I don't, I don't really like go through the process of how do I do something? It's more of, I just do it and see if it works or I watch someone do it and try to replicate it, but I don't actually look at how to do it.
0: I would, I would second that with, with saying that I very rarely look at videos of other people doing stuff to learn how to do something as much as I look yeah. at other people's videos for inspiration. Um, in fact, when I get a project idea, I try hard not to look at other people's videos of doing something because I don't want that to influence me. I want to have my own take on it. Yeah. so it's, it's funny, like over time, it kind of narrows the videos that I want to watch because I'm like, oh no, that's something I want to do. I want to do it my own way. And it actually, that actually reminded me of something I was trying today. So you guys have both talked in the past how you like watching YouTube videos sort of in the background, which is something I don't do very often. Usually when I watch a video, it's like front and center. And today when I was doing a lot of like repetitive cutting of cardboard, I tried it. Um, I tried watching Jimmy DeResta's dish cutting board video in the background. And I found it like so difficult. I was like, I'm missing so much. Like I want to see all these jigs he's doing. Um, I feel like I would need to like write in my line of vision to actually get anything out of it.
1: Yeah. If I'm watching a video I'm interested in, I tend to miss a lot of it and then I end up rewinding. So if I'm putting on YouTube in the background, I'll usually put on something that either I'm not completely interested in and just want the background noise or something like reruns of, like funny moments of impractical jokers or something. Cause like I'm obsessed with that. And I'll just have that on in the background because I've seen it that many times that
0: hearing it, I know what's happening. Right. And I mean, Jimmy Duresta's videos are so visually based, like you don't get anything exactly. from the audio. So of course you need to watch it. Yeah.
2: And I think that's exactly it is that there's videos that need to be watched and there's videos that can be listened to. And I think it's the same sort of thing with, like you even talked about like podcasts, you listen to all your podcasts at one time speed and I listen to all my podcasts at well, 1.25 or whatever. And I'm like, I don't like, I can't listen to them anymore. And I watch all my videos on YouTube mainly at 1.5 or two times. I don't know. It's just an interesting, like, I think it's all about like you can multitasking is not a thing, Right. You can't actually do two things at once, but your brain can – it's how fast you can switch between the – excuse me, switch between the two.
0: Hmm. People say that all the time, but I beg to differ. I feel like I can do two things at the same time.
1: I swear my wife can look at her phone and watch TV at the same time.
2: (laughs) And and yet then they'll ask questions about what happened on the TV. I ask
1: her. I say, are you even watching the show? What just happened? She will literally tell me everything that just happened but she doesn't take
0: her eyes off her phone. So I don't know how she does it
2: by listening.
0: All right. Who has the next question? Great. Uh,
2: all right. I'm going to ask one from Adam. Uh, Hey, I'm a maker is his tag. Uh, he's on YouTube and Instagram. Uh, he's another Canadian in, uh, Alberta in the cold part of Alberta. Uh, and his question was, how do you start a conversation with brands? And, uh, I'll, I'll start it off by saying uh, – I usually start a conversation by saying hello.
1: There you go. <laughs> so I'm going to take it back further and say I start the conversation by tagging them in stories to get their attention. I- so in saying that – so I take this more of a question of how to get – like. Brands to sort of notice you and and work with them, so I saw this um I saw a reel the other day which I found so helpful if you go to a page say an Instagram page of a company you want to work with, you can actually look at what tags they follow and start tagging their tags in your posts and they'll start seeing your posts as like as they some companies will actually go and just look through those tags, especially if they're specific to to them like say I know Ryobi has hashtag Ryobi Tools. Some people wouldn't put that tag, but if you do,
0: that'll start popping up for them.
2: That's a really good tip.
0: Yeah. So my my initial answer to this was I don't because I never have really started a conversation with a brand. <laughs> um in in the context of like, hey, can you sponsor my videos? Because that's how I thought of it at first. But in in pondering the question some more um you know like a brand could be a magazine or an outlet and i think similar to what grant said like you just need to start interacting like if you want to if you want to have your work in a magazine or retweeted by like someone that has a really large twitter following which will do huge things uh, for a small youtube channel um i mean you, you just start getting uh engaged in the community and being a genuine member of it um, and yeah, I think that's it. I think trying to be engaged and saying hello and those other things. I mean, that's that's sort of how the the small advantages that I have gotten from uh, I don't know, like instructables retweeting from my things. Like, yes, yeah, so we had Jesse on our podcast, so that that was a huge uh, up. But you know, Grant started that conversation, and it. It evolved organically. So I think honestly like if you it, unless you are someone with like a massive presence who people are going to come to you, like that's really the only way to go. Like you need to you need to start developing a relationship in the same way that you would develop a relationship with any person in the world. Like you're not going to get something for nothing. You have to build the infrastructure and and start showing them like the person you are so they're like they know who they're plugging
1: I have a question back. at Adam, how did you ask this question?
0: Because we're all brands, right? I guess so. I don't really think of myself as a brand. I just think of was, myself as me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be funny, but whatever. It was more thoughtful. I'm going to move you. on to my question. Okay, okay. go for it. So, anyway. All right. So my question's from Kyla Brown, and I'm I'm very bad at English, but I'm assuming this word
0: is quinoa. yeah quinoa cowboy he's a a fantastic leather carver you should follow him he does really cool work and leather yeah
1: one discipline you have and one discipline you would like to learn these two are the only things you can practice from now on what would they be that is a really
0: tough one yes that's what i thought um Uh, uh, do you have any ideas adam not really.
1: <laughs> so one discipline that I have is that I, I don't know if I'd call it a discipline, but something something I do with every project is I always try and make some sort of sketch or model to do with it beforehand to get an idea of not just what it's going to look like, but the proportions are right. Um, I think I could consider that a discipline. But one I would like to learn, I think would be to be more, um, less procrastinating. So yeah. So yeah. Like better time management. Yeah. That's it. Better time management.
2: Okay. Cool. I think for me, I think about it like I really enjoy making videos, So I'd have to go with like video editing, I guess, or whatever that discipline would be, would have to be one of them. And since I already have that, that's the one. And then I have to learn something else. I don't know what I would want to learn. This is the hard part (laughs) that I don't already have that I would like to like, this is the thing is like, I like exploring new things. Mm hmm.
1: It's so, a, it's a hard question because it's it's learning a discipline not learning a skill.
2: Yeah, so it's like welding is a discipline or or woodworking is a mm. discipline. No?
1: No, I'd say they're more of a skill. Discipline would be like stopping yourself from doing something
0: or, Oh, or making I, yourself do something. I think those are two different definitions of discipline. Like a discipline yeah. can be like a branch of knowledge and it can also be like willpower. That's I, I thought of it more of willpower. Ah, oh, okay, yeah. I think I would think he more meant it in terms of like a skill.
2: Yes, oh, <laughs> oh so, well, it, like you could only do woodworking and leatherworking; those are the only two disciplines you could do. So, I am saying video editing, and but I, is something I already sort of know, right? What's
0: so the I can't, other one? I, then? It's, What's then the new the, one?
2: the learn would ha- would have to be something I don't know yet, which is like metalworking. Okay. So I'm,
1: I'm going to quickly change my answers. My discipline I have is woodworking, and the discipline I would like to learn is filmography.
2: But you already do that. You already learned. You've already learned that. I've seen your films. No,
0: I'm I'm learning filmography. I'm not.
2: <laughs> okay, I I get you.
0: Yeah. Honestly, actually, that would be if you could have like director of photography skills. Uh, I don't know what his name is, but the guy who the DP for uh, 1917. He's an incredibly World-renowned, skilled uh, filmmaker. If you could have like his level of skills in making maker videos, <laughs> imagine. Could you imagine a one-shot maker video? Yeah, <laughs> that would be really cool. <laughs> um. Okay, this is this is a. I'm just saying this because I think it would be like an interesting avenue to go down. But the prospect of this for the rest of my life doesn't excite me more than like. The the re what is ingrained in reality, but I think I would choose to retain digital design and then take up metalworking because mm. then I feel like I can make anything. I could do analog metalworking and I could also do uh cam and machining and like four axis milling and mm-hmm. yeah, then I'm just off to the races. Mm. But, but if you didn't not- one, that's all so you can do.
2: So you're not making videos no more. I guess so. It's hard. That's the hardest part. It's that there's
0: only two yeah. things. But that'd be fun. I don't know. That's the thing with that's hypotheticals. I think well, I think one way to think about them is like, yeah, this could be like an interesting life, but I'm going to choose the one I have.
1: <laughs> that's, why been, that's why I've been loving my would you love on my stories.
0: Yeah, those are fun. All right. Yeah, who's uh, next? So I think it's me. Molly. So, uh, Jacob at Other Dog Designs wants to know what is more important, the idea or the execution? So when I first read this right away, I was like, obviously it's the execution. Like ideas are a dime a dozen. Everyone knows that it takes discipline and motivation and experience and a million other things to actually execute. But the more I thought about it, the more I realized that like number one, just idea selection is very difficult. Like choosing the idea that you actually want to dive down, um, mm. I think is, is very difficult. So I'll open up the discussion to you guys to maybe come to a better answer. Um, but I, I don't think it's, it's very simple answer.
2: I am good at ideas and bad at execution. So I personally think execution is more important because I am willing to get other people involved for execution. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how it sounds. What I, <laughs> what I mean is, I'm willing to.
1: Right like, on Game of Thrones.
2: Yeah, no, but I'm uh, like, I could think coming up with ideas. Like, you, like Morley said, like people can come up with great ideas. If they can't execute them, they're meaningless.
1: Yeah. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it two other ways. One, I think it depends on your profession. So if you're building things for a living, execution is definitely more important. For myself, I think the idea is more important because if I can't execute it flawlessly, I can hide that in video. That doesn't bother me.
2: Mm, that's true. Good point.
0: I think also in the context of like YouTube videos, it might be easier to make the argument that like the idea is more important because like, like a video can very easily be boiled down to a single idea, but it can still be really difficult to like execute on a good idea in a video um, like to know what will be a good thumbnail to capture people's attention and how to market it. And like, what is yeah. the right story? Like, those are all really difficult problems of execution. And it can be really overwhelming. Like when you get a good idea, like, I feel like this cardboard project that I'm working on right now could make like a fantastic YouTube video, but it's, it's a little scary. Cause I'm like, okay, now I have to like live up to this expectation that I'm building for myself in the fact that like, like there there is going to be there is going to be a right way to make a thumbnail for it and a right way to tell the story to make it to make it really fit the medium and discovering that can take a lot of work.
2: I don't think there's a right way or a wrong way, and this is maybe I'm going to change my thing and say the ideas are more important because they can be executed in multiple different ways,
0: yeah, yeah, no, I think that's a good way to think about it too and and a, it avoids you falling into the trap of what I just said, which is like there is one right way to do it. But there is, there's usually like yeah. – there's usually a most right way um, to get the – to achieve the goals that you're sort of orienting it towards.
2: Yeah, there's – there. it's more like a spectrum of right and wrong, right? like yeah. Like choosing like a blank screen, just a black thumbnail is probably not the right way. Right. But you can go all the way to like the perfect thumbnail that gets a hundred percent click through every single person. Like you're never going to get there. Right. So there's multiple different ways to get like a 20% or 10%, whatever your goal is of click through rate.
0: Yeah. And and, and, you know, like, and then you're also boiling it down to like how valuable is that time and energy? And And with that, I think it also comes down to execution because like, Ideas are a very small part of life. It's really how you execute them, which sort of like decides how everything will pan out in the end. So I don't know. I think it might come down to execution. This is a great,
2: this this is maybe like a whole topic for another episode. Yeah. Yeah. That was a great question, Jacob. Thank you, Jacob. All right. right. I'm going to move on. We're going to move on to uh, Bob's wood stuff. He said, how do you stay motivated to always make content?
0: Uh, I don't. I don't always make content. I usually take. A week, <laughs> I usually do it once a week.
2: <laughs> I was going to say the same joke. Um, <laughs> I'm with you. I, but how do you mo- stay motivated to keep pushing out content? Because you see some people who are pretty big who just stop, right? Who lose their motivation <laughs> yeah. for whatever reason. Like I know, like Heath Knuckles, he's just gone, right?
1: And then, so, and then you have someone like me who's lucky to get 100 views per video, but I'm still motivated. I don't
2: know. So how maybe do you do it's it?
1: it's why I don't like videos all the time. I, th- I think it's just I have the passion for it. I, I enjoy making it. And I maybe I feel like people that lose the passion of people, and, and this is exactly what I said last week, is people that would go full-time where they're constantly making videos like five days a week, I think it would be very easy to lose the passion and the motivation because it's all you do with your life. And even on your days off, you're still going to be checking social media and stuff all the time. Whereas I think someone like me, who's lucky to get in the shop once a week,
0: Mm -hmm. it's easy for me
1: to stay motivated because I have, uh, yeah.
0: I I I want to build off that because I think it's it's going to what I'm saying in that like, you know, like a lot of people edit throughout their projects, and I've done that in some projects. Like I've I've edited a little each day. But I think for for me personally, one of the ways that I stay motivated is, I if I like really into something in the moment, I'll do a lot of that. Like if I am really into building, I'll do like a lot of building and a lot of filming, and then I'll spend like two solid days editing, and that's mostly what I am doing. And I think those like spurts of productivity sort of keep the passion alive because it doesn't fall into a routine, and it makes it so <clears throat> I am doing things when they're jiving. So I think, I think that is a big part of it is like, is because content creation and making together, there's so many things involved in that. I think a big part of it is like trying to keep it fresh and, and doing the things that feel right in that moment.
2: I a hundred percent agree. It's do what, how do I stay motivated? I stay motivated because I, it's. It's what feels good at the time. If it doesn't feel good to make that video, don't make the video, right? Yeah. If it doesn't feel good to make that Instagram post, if you're struggling to do it, don't do it. It's not feeling good. Stop. Yeah. Right?
0: And I think, I think though someone who is having a lot of trouble getting motivated might kind of resent that answer because like I, I, like I was talking on the last podcast like a couple of weeks ago when I had just moved and was feeling like low energy and unmotivated to make like, I knew I wanted to get this video out to like get myself back to routine. And I, I sort of like, it wasn't jiving. Like it wasn't really feeling right, but I knew I had to just like keep going and push over that hump. So there, there you do have to sort of force yourself sometimes to get to those spots. But if you're doing that constantly, like if, if that slump is lasting for a long, long while, then they're like, you, you need to switch it up. Like you need to have a change of scenery Or like yeah, book a two-day Airbnb at some cabin in the woods.
2: (laughs) It's listen to yourself because what you – it's more about listening to yourself because what you just said there is you do if you push through it, you would regain the motivation. Yeah. Right? Whereas if you're saying every single video is a slog and you don't enjoy it, stop making videos. Right? Stop doing things you don't enjoy. Start doing the things you do enjoy that's how you yeah. stay motivated.
0: Yeah, cuz because at that point it's like why are you doing it? Like there are there's people that are way more motivated than you. Um like if you love doing it, then by all means continue doing it, but like if it sucks, then you're not going to, you know, you're not going to get success through it and you're not going to enjoy it, so it's like what's the reason? Hmm.
2: Totally.
1: Yeah. Um all right. I guess it's me. My next question is from uh, Justin at Bear Maked. And I always, his name confuses me. It's Bear Maked,
0: right?
2: It's Bear Maked.
0: Yeah, I said that, like but I was naked. muted. Like naked, naked but naked.
2: Yeah. yeah, okay, right.
0: It's a pun.
1: Yeah, okay. Um, I'm debating between two projects for my next video. Which one should I choose? My answer is the one you're most passionate about. For sure. My answer is.
2: Answer. not flip a coin.
0: Wait, is it because when it's in the air, you'll know which side you want it to land on? Yep. I love that quote. It's a great yeah. one. All nice. right. Morley. So,
2: Morley, go. Oh, we're, we're moving oh. into speed round. Uh-oh. Because we're I running don't, out of time. I did not
0: choose one. Let me look through the list real quick. Oh, you were just on one. Was I? Oh, no.
2: All right, James from Binks Woodshop asks, what woodworkers inspire you the most? And I'd say for a woodworker to inspire me, so they're mainly working in wood. So this you got to go with just woodworker. I'd say a woodworker that inspires me is uh, Jackman, Paul Jackman. Go. Because he mainly works in wood and he makes awesome stuff. I don't
1: know if I really get inspired by woodworkers. I'm more getting inspired by video creators. That's
0: my answer. So I actually just, I need to look up what the Instagram handle is. Um, Instagram account is called Hazel Valley Birds. Um, It is, I don't know. Oh, Matt Heslip at Hazel Valley Birds. Um, He carves twigs and branches into these beautiful little birds. And every time one of his posts comes across my feed, it is just like, it, it gives me like an awe inspiring moment. So yeah, I will say him because like on, in terms of like maker videos, I do not watch a lot of purely woodworking videos, but this guy is working with wood and inspires me to a very high level. That's it. All right. That's I guess it's cool. my, it's actually my turn now. Cause I lost my free pass. Um, well, you still have one. So
1: uh, why do you think orange is such a popular colour in maker uh, logos and brands?
2: Wonder who asked that?
1: I asked that. Or- orange is my brand colour too, but yeah. that's just because that's my favorite colour. But I, I don't know, I feel like a lot of like YouTubers and, and like YouTube makers and that have orange. It's
2: because nothing mm. rhymes with it.
0: Small. <laughs> I mean Grant, you're the I other think. orange one. What's what's your take?
2: My take is I went and I looked around and a lot of people didn't have orange so I picked it.
0: Now they all have orange.
2: And yeah, now there's a, now I've, no now like through like now I've been here longer I see there's a lot of orange. I actually don't think there's a lot of orange. I feel like there's a lot of red and blue. There's a lot like, of circles. A lot of circles. <laughs> I am an anti-circle person. <laughs> Me too. Okay.
0: Um, next question from Dean Campbell. He wants to know what is the worst experience you've ever had in making that taught you the best lesson lesson you've kept for life um, All right, I have one that came to mind. so when I was in university, um I was getting like pretty into making i was It was when I had my loft bed so I was doing a lot of stuff into the loft bed and I wanted to make um you know those balance boards where it's like a wooden cylinder and then you have a skateboard on top of it that you like swivel back and forth. You guys know this? Yeah. Yep. Um, I wanted to make one. Yep. So I cut out, I had a bunch of two by sixes left over from the bed build. So I cut out like a bunch of circles from the two by six, a bunch of discs from the two by six and then glued them together. So it was like a foot long. And then my plan was to go to the local makerspace and turn it into a cylinder on the lathe. And I had done like almost no lathe work before I chalked it up. Um, It was very, very sketchy. I took the tool to it. And after like a handful of revolutions, it made a loud bang and flew 30 feet across the room. And at that second, I realized, okay, this was fun so far, but that's the end of this project. That wasn't the lesson. I mean, that that was a good decision in the moment, but the lesson was, number one, plan a little better. Number two, like really respect things that turn at a high speed. um, And, and just the power that they have um, and really just put it down solidly and, and not even just turning things, but just like respect the power of, of tools and plan, respect the tool plan for the power of the tool. (laughs) Yeah. Just plan a little better.
1: So I think, I think mine is when I first when I got my first thicknesser. I am currently on my second. I was making the coffee table out of the live edge, and I was running the um, the like the I don't know the trunk through the thicknesser, and I blew it up. It got stuck, and then the belt snapped, and there was smoke everywhere. I took it back, got a new one. It's all good. But the biggest lesson I learned from that is to always oil your surfaces or well, oil. Um, What's it called?
0: <coughs> Grant, you pressed the hand-raise button instead of I, the mute button. <laughs> yes, I know. I,
2: I was coughing, and that's why I was trying to press the mute button. I just one. saw that
0: whole thing play out. That was fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> You're, like, yeah. panicking, but you couldn't hold it in. <laughs>
2: it's exact- sorry, sorry, Adam, uh, to steal uh, from- your thunder there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, oil or wax or surfaces is a great but, one. I surface, think for me, yeah. it's it's a lot of respect tool. I haven't had any mishaps per se. I've, I've definitely had a kickback. Um, so I think it's 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 walk through. Like I've had a kickback hit me pretty good in, in the gut. Um, it's like think about what could happen and plan for what could happen. Mm-hmm. Right? Always be prepared. It's like the scout's motto. So yeah. that's what I would say.
0: What's the saying? Like think, an ounce of preparation is worth a pound of failure or something like that or a pound of, a pound of an cure. ounce of prevention is worth a pound of, uh, repair. cure, so, Cure. There you go. And then, you know, uh, actually that circles greatly back to Chuck's <laughs> advice. That's the motto of all of his advice. It is preventative maintenance. And that's always what I think of what I think of. What would, what would my dad, uh, suggest me to do in this situation. It is the preventative maintenance. Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance.
2: Exactly, that's a good book. Yeah. If you could have one skill, no training, etc., what would it be? That's from Jared Jenks.
1: Video editing, for sure.
2: Like so, this is basically in, you go to a hundred on the on the skill level.
1: Hundred on the skill level with video editing, for sure.
2: That's where you'd like to. I can,
1: some, I can make some beautiful videos.
2: Right. I I I think that's interesting because if you didn't have any camera skills, you'd still be dealing with shitty camera skills. So many I ha- camera I skills.
1: People, I have seen people take some real crappy footage and make some amazing video out of it. Fair. If you know how to edit, you can
2: fix it up. Morley, how about you?
0: It's probably still going to be machining (laughs) because it seems like it's a lot like it's that's perfect for this question because I think there's a lot that goes into it. So if I could just get the uh, all the skills and then just be able to use it. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. Uh, Grant, did you say yours? I like
2: it. No, I would say if I could have one skill, one skill, it would be making money. (laughs) <laughs> and then I wouldn't have to worry. And then I could like spend all the time, uh, you know, learning whatever I wanted.
0: That's a good one. I bet you be, you're really good with the three wishes. Hypothetical.
2: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> all right. Yeah.
0: So we will try. Oh, Adam, did you want to ask one more? Yeah. Let me ask my
1: question real quick. And, um, it's from Ethan Carter designs. He asks, why did Molly lose all the questions people asked him on Instagram?
0: Cause I'm an Instagram noob. That's why I didn't realize you can yeah. go back in and look at past stories.
1: <laughs> the two oldies had to tell him how to find his, uh, his old stories. Yeah. But yeah. So
0: speaking of Instagram, speaking Molly. of Instagram, uh, why why are we speaking of Instagram? What are we talking about Instagram at this point? Because people could find us on Instagram. That's that's the that's the last thing we do, Adam. We got we got no. like four things to cover before. Oh, no, we're we'll it, we'll it up. All right, and and now Grant wants to do one more question. So this whole, well, I think this whole you've, <laughs>
2: right. before we get into transitioning, I think we should talk about where do we see the podcast going in the future? Are we going to focus more on craft lifestyle? How to. And how will we deliver it? I think this is a great question from Dirk Gibbons at Sumo Projects. And I think it's a great question because it talks a little bit about some of the things we might be doing in the future, like doing the yeah. video. Uh, we're going to be trying that out. By the time you, this podcast goes out, all of our videos will be up on the YouTube channel. Um, so yeah. you should go by and check that out. But it's also something to to think about of like, you know, we're doing these after shows and pre shows to give people some extra content a little insight into what we do um on Patreon and it's something that by by giving that out it's something that we want to you know have that added value to give to people and i think it's something that you know delivering our content is a big thing um but how where do we see their podcast going what do you think uh morley
0: I feel like we naturally gravitate more towards like overall sort of not just like the craft, but more so like life and maybe maybe life around making and making YouTube videos. So I feel like it, it, it sort of tends to go more towards lifestyle than, than focusing on the craft. But I mean, that's just one sort of aspect of it all. Um, I don't know. I haven't really thought about it yet. I'm just, I'm just seeing where the tide takes us and enjoying the ride
1: totally yeah exactly what I was going to say I don't haven't really thought about it I'm just here for the ride <laughs> but I love by in saying that I love where we've come from where we started and I definitely do see us working on making everything a lot bigger being that ad video and and all that sort of stuff
0: for sure
2: yeah adding more really value
1: yeah. yeah so people we definitely have see fun me, uh, picking my yeah <laughs> <laughs> We definitely have a fun thing coming up soon, so stay tuned for that. But I'm not going to say anything
0: about it yet. And if you want to get even more value out of the podcast, um, we have a Patreon page. Uh, every week we post a pre-show and after show. Um, last week we had our significant others on, although Adam's wife was not able to make it. But they're always um, lots of fun. And if you do support us on Patreon, Maybe- every yes, Grant?
2: Maybe she'll be here this week. Maybe. Um, Maybe. You'll have to to join in the Patreon to find out.
0: That's true. You will also, if you join us on Patreon, get a sweet embossed leather keychain made by yours truly. Uh, If you want to learn more about that, you can go to patreon.com slash clamp. Um, And before going into our clamp mandations for this week, we had another review. And... I feel like very well equipped to do the accent for this one because I've been listening to the accent for, uh, what's 40 times one hour? 40 hours. There we go. <laughs> so oh, I have 40 well, hours. <laughs> <I> have <laughs> <laughs> All right. So this is a five-star review and it's called Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. And it says... Greetings from Australia. Congratulations on the 40th episode. Just want to say great podcasts. Love the down-to-earth chat and friendly vibe. Feels just like you're in the room chatting with mates. I enjoy the camaraderie and anything to do with making is always a winner in my book. Keep up the good work and thanks for the effort. Know that it's appreciated. From Biodork via Apple Podcasts on February 3rd, 2021. How did I do, Adam? I don't know if you need to say the date.
1: <laughs> I, I think it was good. Uh, I think you pronounce a couple of letters that we, uh, different. So we don't say appreciate, we say appreciate, like it's S-H. Appreciate, okay.
0: See, that's just a, that's a great example of, of what you say about the American accent is we, we pronounce too many letters. We pronounce all the letters. And, and mate is more of, as if you're saying like
1: M and the letter eight. So what did I say? Like Ma? ma uh, uh, I can't remember. It sounded a little bit odd to me. But Okay.
0: But the accent was pretty good. All right. Sounds good. I'll work on it for our next Australian review. Um, but I, what? Sorry, really say
1: You said before about the Patreon with the keychains. These keychains are that exclusive that even Grant and I don't have one.
0: Yeah, I don't even have one. I just make them for other people. Yeah, right. That's true.
2: What the hell, Morley? <laughs> 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 Shh. <laughs> uh, all
0: right, let us move on to Clamp
2: Clambinations.
1: So my clambination this week is a new podcast I found called Hey Babe, and I've talked about them that many times. But people that know me know that I am obsessed with the TV show Impractical Jokers. And one of the guys off there has started, he's a um, comedian as well and has started a podcast with another comedian. And I just find it really interesting. Maybe it's just because I like following people that I am interested in life. But yeah, it's all funny stories and are both really funny.
0: Cool. Uh, my clamp edition for this week, uh, is a book that was recommended to me by Andrew Zito, and it is the subtle art of not giving an F by Mark Manson. Um, I know it's very popular. it's gotten a lot of publicity over the last few years. Um, but the title always made it sound really gimmicky to me. So I never was really interested in it. So, but once I saw him, uh, talking about it or, or he made a post about it, um, I trust his judgment. So I was like, oh, I have an audible credit. I have a bunch of repetitive to work to do. This sounds perfect. And it was like really, really good. Um, he talks a lot about as the title implies, which is like, to be honest, a bit of a clickbait title because the book is like is, like pretty well written. It's um, just about caring about the right things in life and really just keeping in mind that like one day we all are going to die. So really just orienting your life towards that. It's, it's sort of like Buddhist in a certain sense. Um, he tells a lot of stories. Um, yeah, it's just interesting. I'm not going to like a hundred percent endorse everything he says, but, um, I, I got a lot out of it. It's a, it's a nice like juxtaposition to the, like think positively and great things will happen to you sort of, uh, vibes. Uh, cause it's very much not that it's more so like more grounded in realism. um, and just, yeah, just orienting yourself towards what is important in life.
2: I like it. Yeah. I just ordered it. I saw Andrew Zito have it in his story and I went, I should order that. And then I forgot about it. And now that you've <laughs> recommended it, I went, I, before I forget about it, I'll just order it right now. There you go. I'm looking forward to it. Cool. Well, my clamp mandation of the week is uh the Forge UK. It's uh Steve House, uh from the Fools of Tools podcast. He makes videos for the Forge channel and they made a hundred axes. Um and they he, he just has like a really cool like there's a lot of blacksmithing channels out there and uh I would love to get into blacksmithing, but my shoulder just looks at what they're doing and says, No, thank you, sir. You, you you hurt from like hammering a nail you're not gonna be able to do this uh, anyways uh, so I watched the blacksmiths in the channels instead and I, uh, I just enjoyed this video because um, I think part of it is, is is he talked about it about how uh, in the Fools of Tools group he was talking about how the the people who wanted the uh, video made, ended up taking his like 14 minute video, which he thought 14 minutes was like a little too quick to tell the story anyways. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. He, uh, he, he, he just like didn't want to like cave to pressure of making a video that he didn't feel was quality.
0: Hmm. Cool. Cool. Yeah. All right. All Sounds right, good. That I'll will all be linked in the show notes. Um, as we said in the episode, uh, this one will hopefully be going up on YouTube. So if you would like to see it, you can search Clamp Adam Grant Morley making podcast, any combination of those words. And we should come up because we're still working on uh, getting our ranking and search results a little better. Um, and you can also find the podcast on Instagram under Clampcast and on, or the Clampcast, I think, and on Twitter as Clampcast. And with that, see you next week. See you. I love you. Bye. <laughs> That's so delayed. <laughs> with the short link oh my god Whoa, kid. are those newborn yep like a few days old oh my god that is adorable wait i, I should i should get Eden. she's gonna, gonna really want to see those one second
2: you should have like your instagram story should be filled with that yeah, that right? yeah, yeah like so seriously need... oh is your wife here no no Oh, my God. <laughs> they're so loud. And they're so loud.
0: Ah! Oh, my gosh. They're adorable.
2: Oh, look. The <laughs> little tails.
0: Oh, my
2: goodness. Wow. <laughs>